Hey everyone, welcome to episode 164, Rewind Your Mind. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. So you know I love rhyming and you know I love alliteration. And you're going to love today's episode because... It's Strat Day, which means we're giving strategies because we talk a lot about the ego and inner child and wounding. And I hope that we do a good job of mixing that with actual strategies and tangible things that you can do today to kind of add your tool belt of parenting. And I've noticed with parenting, it's always changing. You master one age and stage and then they move on to the next and it's like... It's like you're in a game of double dutch all the time. And I was never able to do double dutch. I was such a tomboy growing up that all my friends that were girls were always doing the jump ropes and doing double dutch. And I was the one of the only girls out playing kickball and soccer and football when we had choice at recess what to do with our time. So I never learned how to do double dutch. But, 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 but I feel like life in general and parenting especially is like a giant game of double dutch because you think you're going and flowing and moving and grooving and things are just like, whoo, this feels good. And this feels, we're in a, we're in a, we're in the zone. We're all clicking and then boom, you get caught up in the ropes or your kids get caught up the ropes or your spouse gets caught up in the ropes or a life experience happens that throws the whole family into the ropes. And that is part of the human experience. So I want to normalize the double Dutch life. and I want to normalize how you feel like you have your flow going. And then all of a sudden, boom, it could be someone in your family going through something or something outside your family, which brings your whole family into that double Dutch rope, so to speak. And I don't know if you can hear the rain right now, but it is raining outside. David took the kids to a movie and I want to curl up on the couch with a little power nap with Maggie. But instead, I am here with you talking about Rewind Your Mind. This is a really good strat to not only teach your kids and do with your kids, but it's really, really good when we act out, when we're not acting consciously. And seeing the humanness of life is what's going to help our kids see the humanness in their life and not have guilt and shame about having human experiences, human emotions, and just living the double Dutch messy life. I always talk to my kids about the double Dutch life too, because it helps them to know that this is part of the human experience and nothing has gone wrong, accepting the as is of all the things when they're not invited to the lunch table or they didn't get the grade they wanted on the test that they studied for, or they don't make the team, or they have disappointments or anger or sadness Like that's all part of the humanness and that's all part of the human experience. So the more we can normalize in our own life, the more we can normalize it for our kids. So Rewind Your Mind comes from really when I was teaching and I would have kids take something to the front office and I would always say, you know, you're representing Miss Hutchison's Heroes or Miss Stout Smarties because we were Miss Stout Smarties before I got married and then obviously Miss Hutchison's Heroes after. And so I would always say, when you're in the hallway, you're representing Miss Hutchison's Heroes or Miss Stout Smarties. And so you make sure you walk in the hall. If you have a teacher that's coming 
um, near your door. You make sure you open the door for him or her. And so they would come back to class and they'd be like <sighs> completely out of breath, panting, literally panting. This is first grade. And they'd be like, oh, we brought the paper to the front office or we brought the attendance to the front office. And I'm like, wait a minute. Were you, were you running in the hallway? And they look at me with these big, bold eyes. Sometimes they'd be like, yeah, maybe a little. Or I was speed walking. Or they'd say, no, I wasn't at all. And say, I'd say, come here, let me check your pulse. And so obviously they can't control their pulse when they've been booking it down the hallway and they were indoor hallways. And so I would check their pulse and it'd be like, I'm like, oh my goodness, we have to rewind that hallway walk. Let's go try that again. So I would stand in the hallway with them and have them walk all the way to the end of the hallway and then all the way back. And I'd say, oh my goodness, what nice walking feet. Look at those walking feet. And they're like, you know, sometimes they're rolling their eyes. Sometimes they're giggling sometimes. So I was doing it in a fun and playful way, light and fluffy. This is the only way we're going to learn is that we need to spend time. We talk to our kids a lot about what we don't want them to do. I think it's very clear our kids, what they, what we don't want them to do. But we don't spend as equal amount of time in telling them what to do in its place. Replacement behavior is a huge way to create new habits and catch them doing what we want them to do, i.e. walking down the hallway, versus always telling them you shouldn't run, you shouldn't run, you shouldn't run, you shouldn't run. How about recreate, even if it is artificial, recreating them walking down the hallway and then reinforcing that with praise and being silly and look at those walking feet and oh my goodness, you look like a third grader walking down that hallway, things like that to kind of make it light and fluffy versus don't run. Because a lot of parents tell me, look, will you just let your kids get away with it? What are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to just let them get away with running down the hallway? This talking is not really doing anything. And yes, you can still tell them we want you to walk in the hallway. We want you to not use your running feet and all those things. But you also want to teach them what to do in its place and catch them doing that thing, even if it's set up and it's artificial, because then you can do the reinforcement of, you must be so proud of yourself, look at you, look at those walking feet, you're acting like a third grader, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever kind of compliments you want to bestow upon them about how it makes them feel walking in the hallway. And then they walk in the classroom and I'm like, oh, I don't even need to check your pulse. I can tell you're not sweating and panting over there because you're so out of breath. So the same thing works at home when things are calm, when there's calmer waters. So like one time I had one of my kids get in the car and I asked a very simple, basic question about their day and whoo doggy, did my head get chopped off with the yelling and the screaming and you asked too many questions ah! and for whipping out, they went from like code green to red in a nanosecond. So then we calmed down. I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a hot stinking minute. Let's rewind. Let's try this again. When I say rewind your mind, what you're really doing is you're rewinding the situation. You're re rewinding the scenario. You're rewinding and letting them get a better shot at it because they're acting in the red zone. And we are the same ways. We act in the red zone sometimes and we want to rewind too. So sometimes if I snap at the kids or I come across more terse than I want to, or I will have a reflection of like, can I get a rewind pass? Sometimes we call it a rewind pass. Sometimes we say, um, can I rewind and be kind? Can I rewind my mind? You can say all these different things about yourself and model it that way. And then when you ask them to do a rewind, a lot of times when they're real young, they won't know how to rewind and what to do it instead. So you kind of have to guide them along that process. My first graders knew to go back and walk and things like that. But like if they were 
wanting to borrow a crayon and they just ripped it out of the other kid's hand versus saying, may I please borrow that? That's a great chance to give them a rewind, rewind and be kind, you could say, just throwing that out there. And then you could say, okay, Johnny, let's try that again. Let's do a rewind. You want that red crayon? What could you do instead? And if they don't have the word power, they don't have the skills yet, you can instruct them by saying something like, we're going to rewind that situation and try that again. So Susie, take the red crayon and keep coloring. Now, Johnny, I know you really want that red crayon. Instead of swiping it from her hands, what we're going to do is we're going to tap her on the shoulder and say, may I borrow the red crayon? Let's try that, Johnny. So then Johnny says, oh, can I borrow the red crayon? And then Susie, Sally plays along and hands it over to Johnny. And then I reinforce Sally for sharing her crayons. And then I also reinforce Johnny for using his words and not just swiping it out of his hands. So that's a little example where if Johnny didn't come to school with those skills, that's a great teachable moment for me that I can teach that to Johnny. Then maybe in large group, I can say, hey, you know, I'm reading this book and I know that Javier over here wants to read this book too. So what should Javier do? Should Javier come and rip it out of my hand or should Javier ask me nicely? And then of course the kids are like, ask them nicely. So you're always teaching and growing and teaching them how to have these social skills because kids are not born with social skills. They don't know how to make their way in a world yet. And if at home things are being swiped out of their hands, then they're going to go to school and swipe things out of other people's hands. So usually what is modeled at home is what they're going to go to school and do. But a lot of times it's not taught at home or it's not modeled at home. It's just kids being impulsive and kids wanting the crayon or kids wanting to run down the hallway or let, blow off some steam and run around a little bit. So don't always think that if they do something at school that it's a reflection of you. Just know that that's inventory and that's that's information for you to know of how to reinforce things at home. Like we're not going to swipe things out of people's hands. Grady used to be such a swiper. I would call him swiper, no swiping. And ironically, one Halloween, he dressed up as swiper and Lily was Dora. So I'm like, I know you dressed up as swiper, but we're not going to swipe things out of people's hands. And he would do that when he was younger. And I'd say, let's try that again. Rewind and be kind. Let's rewind. Let's try that again. Oh, and then I would swipe things out of his hand and show him how it feels. And I'm like, okay, mommy now needs to rewind. So rewind and be kind is a great way. It's light and fluffy to kind of teach them what you're looking for as well. It's also setting expectations because the lectures and the this, and you should do this and you shouldn't do that. And you shouldn't do that. Like, that's great. And you can still do that. I'm not taking that away from you. I'm asking asking to follow up with something more so they have something to replace it with. Because a lot of times we don't give them strategies of what to do instead. So those teachable moments. So back to when I was in the car, my head got chopped off because I asked a simple question about their day. And then I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I got us both in calm waters. Because of course, when someone yells at you, you want to yell back. But I knew that that's not great modeling. And I'm thinking they should not be yelling at this age. You know, I had all the stories, but I just like control your side of the street. What would you tell if um, someone wrote this email to you, Kelly? Like, you know, you can do all that self-talk in the middle. Like, we're just going to take a breath. Let's do a rewind. Let's pretend you got back in the car. And I'm going to say, oh, hi, how was your day? And then you're going to come back with blah, blah, blah. And then I'm not going to ask the question that I asked because I, I can't even remember what I asked, but it was something along the lines of, I think they got an award at school. And then I asked why they got the award. And that's what led to my head being chopped off. I'm like, whoa, 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 we don't need decapitation. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to ask that question again. And you can simply respond in a way that, because what was the bottom line was, they don't want to tell me why they got the award because then my voice was going to get all high pitched and like, Oh my goodness.
is that so amazing? And they think that voice is very annoying. And they also um, didn't want to talk about things that happened at school. So I said, what could you say instead of chopping my head off and flipping out? You could say something along the lines of, um, I'll tell you later. I don't want to talk about it right now. I'll only tell you if you don't use a sing-song voice. I'm not five years old. So because they're older, they don't want me to use that voice because they said they feel like a baby. So I'm like, thank you for letting me know that. So I need to do a rewind and then you're going to tell me what happened and then I'm not going to use my sing-song voice. So we were both doing a rewind at the same time. So I said, oh, hi, how was your day? And then they said, oh, it was great. I got this award. I'm like, oh, I got, the, I got this award. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. What was the award for? And then they said, I want to tell you, but I don't want you to use your sing-song voice and all flipping out and getting excited. I'm like, oh, okay, well, just tell me. And then they told me, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. How's my voice sounding here? And they said, much better. And we were like two robots having conversations together. But it was a great way for me to realize like they don't like the sing-song voice. They're teenagers now and they don't want the high-pitched first grade teacher as a mom. So that was good information to have. It's kind of like you have to like play it super cool. P-I-C, play it cool. And the older they get, the more you have to play it cool. And another time I was, and I always... My kids don't really like stories told about their stuff and what's going on in their life. So I try to talk in general, but I also try to talk about things that have happened. So you can kind of see the humanness in our own family that literally every strategy that I talk about, I'm literally practicing every single stinking honking day in our house. And the other day, one of my kids completely called me out because I felt like they were crying over something that was just like... I held the space and like, okay, now we're moving on. Like we need to like, we, I've held the space. I thought I did a really good job at it and it's not, you're still crying. Like it's still, you're still like in this, um, hyperventilating tears thing. And so, so I try to use a stern, strong voice and be like, all right, enough, let's go, let's move. Let's, 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 let's dust ourselves off. And so later said child says, you need to listen to your podcast more about how to hold the space because you did not hold the space very well. I'm like, really? Oh, tell me more. I felt like I held it a long time. I just couldn't hold it anymore. I was like out of, out of holding the space. It was time to like get our bootstraps on and let's go. And they said, you just need, I said, can I do a rewind? What could I do in, in replacement? So they gave me strategies what I could do when that's happening instead of trying to speed up the processes, which is what I was trying to do. So you want the kids to know that not only are they able to do rewinds and almost like a do-over that you want that same thing as well, that you want to do a redo. You want to do a do-over. This can work at home. This can work in the classroom. This can work when you're out and about. This can work when you're in the car. This can work with your spouse. You can get in fake arguments with your spouse and then ask him or her for a rewind and vice versa. And also the more we model the rewind and be kind or rewind and find, sometimes I'll say, I need to rewind and find my mind because I don't know what happened there, but I was super snappy and I'm not really sure why. I think there's some stuff going on outside of this interaction that I kind of took out on you. So you were kind of my dog to kick, you know, so I really, I shouldn't be kicking the dog, but you were my dog to kick. So can I have a rewind to be kind? Can I have a rewind to find my mind? And the more that you practice the rewinds, they'll know exactly what it, what you mean. And they also, it's almost like giving themselves grace and compassion and then teaching them what to do in its place versus always saying, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Instead, you're going to spend a lot of time, equal airtime on do this, 
Let's try this. What if this works? And in that process, you learn how to dance with your child. You learn how to dance with your spouse. And the better you're dancing, the less you're going to step on each other's toes, but you're still going to step on each other's toes. It just won't hurt as much because you're not doing it as often. The better that you learn how to dance, the more harmony you'll have in your home. And then they go outside of those four walls and then they bring that harmony from their home out into their relationships, out into their schoolwork, out into their sports life, out into the outside side world. And then they know that they're always safe at home. And it's like the anchor and they have harmony in their home. And then they have harmony in their heart. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas. Thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level. And we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.